We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane, over on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. The NBA season quickly approaching. Want to remind everybody over on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation, we are closing in on half a million followers, subscribers on the YouTube channel blows me away. If you haven't done so yet, please make sure you subscribe youtube.com slash Lakers nation and give us a follow over on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts that way you can take the show with you wherever you go. All right. Got a few things to talk about today. Christian Wood introduced to Lakers media. Want to talk a little bit about that. Some things that he said, some things he said were pretty standard, which is, you know, par for the course. I'm expecting we're going to hear a lot of that stuff on media day coming up uh, in just about a week and a half here, but also said a few things that kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit, and in a good way, in a good way. And then I want to talk a little bit about the Lakers' weaknesses, some potential weaknesses on paper that we can see with this team, just areas to keep an eye on. So that's what we're going to go for. My voice kind of giving out. It sounds terrible in my head. I'm sure it's not quite as bad as it, as it sounds, but hopefully, fingers crossed, I can get through this, this show because I have been losing my voice a little bit. All right, let's start, though. Christian Wood, welcome to the Lakers, officially introduced to L.A. media. I thought this was a great signing for the Lakers, given the cost. You know, there's plenty of question marks. There's plenty of reasons why Christian Wood is still out there on the market to be had for a veteran minimum contract. The Lakers gave him a two-year deal, player option in the second year. We know his intention is not to pick up that second year. Instead, his intention is to play great for the Lakers this year and then cash in next summer, whether that's with the Lakers or somebody else. We'll have to see. But uh, a lot of the answers that he gave in this in his availability were very standard, right? Just the kind of PC responses that, that you would expect. And again, media day is coming up, and we're going to get a lot of that. That's going to be the way it is. We're going to get hit by just a tidal wave of interviews on media day, and 80 to 90, 90% of what's said is going to just be standard stuff that nobody's going to bat an eyelash at. It's just going to be, you know, normal. Oh, I worked on my entire game over the summer. I put on 10 pounds of muscle, all, all the kind of standard stuff that you hear on media day. But 
But every once in a while, a few things are going to come out where you're going to go, huh, now that's interesting. Some things will be revealed. Some things will be mentioned that will give us some little clues into how the Lakers intend to play this year, into how Darvin Ham plans on using the team, into how the players see themselves being used out on the floor. Remember, it was early on in the season in, uh, what was that, the 2020-2021 season with Dennis Schroeder made his comments about wanting to be a starter, and we went, ooh, could that be a problem? Clearly, he's not interested in coming off the bench for this Lakers team. So every once in a while, some stuff comes out. And Christian Wood said something, and it was really interesting to me, and again, in a good way. He talked about Anthony Davis, and the question was asked to him, and I'm paraphrasing, about what he could do you know, playing in place of AD, playing at the five, or playing with AD. And it seemed like he really lit up when he got to talk about playing with Anthony Davis. And he explained that Anthony Davis has been his favorite player for a long time, um, or one of his favorite players, and that he uh, has been watching his game for years, and then he knows all of his moves. Now, Christian Wood also talked about how important it was for him coming back to Southern California. He's from SoCal. Um, so kind of coming back home, his friends, family, excited about him playing for the Lakers, all that sort of stuff. You could tell he's very excited to be a Laker, not just to be on an NBA team, to be an NBA player. He's excited to be a Laker. And I think that's something that, of course, we all want to hear, right? Because fans, Lakers nation, we all feel like being a Laker is something special, right? Because this franchise has had so much success over the years that we want to believe that being a Laker means something more than playing for, you know, just about any other team in the NBA. And Christian Wood seemed to echo that, but he lit up just as much at the idea of playing with Anthony Davis. And this pairing is one that I literally have been talking about for years. Years I've been talking about the potential pairing of Christian Wood and Anthony Davis. And I thought him mentioning that he's been keeping a very close eye on Anthony Davis for years and what that could look like for this Lakers team, how that could work for the Lakers. I thought that was extremely interesting. Remember, Christian Wood and Anthony Davis technically were on the same team together already. The 2018-2019 season, Christian Wood finished, I believe it was the final eight games of the season with the New Orleans Pelicans, but they only overlapped for one game. And then Anthony Davis got shut down for the remainder of the season. And then Christian Wood stepped into a bigger role and actually really kind of burst onto the scene at that point and put up some eye-popping numbers uh, with the Pelicans at that point. But Anthony Davis, Christian Wood only appeared in the same game once and as far as I can tell, I don't think they even were on the floor at the same time. Christian Wood only played like eight minutes in that game. And then AD got shut down for the remainder of the season. So while technically they've been on the same team, we don't really know what this combo could look like. And I'm really excited for it. I think that Christian Wood, if he really does have that in-depth familiarity already built in, despite not having as many reps as you know we would hope, obviously playing with Anthony Davis, I think that on paper, their offensive fit is really intriguing. Christian Wood's three-point shooting ability. He's already one of the best three-point shooters on the Lakers team by percentage. He's at 38% uh, for his career from three. So if he's got that three-point shooting ability on the offensive end, that gives you the floor spacing. That gives Anthony Davis a little bit more room to work in the paint. And then defensively, can Anthony Davis help to make up for some of Christian Wood's defensive deficiencies? And can Christian Wood, just by, by being a guy 
who's what, 6'10", 6'11", somewhere in there with that 7'3 wingspan. Can that help provide some extra rim protection for Anthony Davis so that he's not having to do everything? Again, I've talked about it a lot, but Christian Wood, not the sturdiest of guys, right? He's, he's about 215 pounds. AD's got a good 30 pounds on him. So this it's not a situation where AD suddenly has somebody in there that can do all the dirty work, that can take the physical punishment of the center position, but Wood can still get in there and play it a bit. And I think the pairing of those two, if just for the endless arms that you're putting on the floor when you put them together, is really interesting. I'm not expecting them to start together. But I'll tell you what, I'll be disappointed if we don't get a really good look at a Christian Wood, Anthony Davis front court with the Lakers. Now, you may need to see it in minutes that LeBron is out. I've talked about this a lot. I don't think that you want to see LeBron at the three a lot this year. In certain matchups, sure, you can do it. But I'm of the mindset that LeBron may actually be closer to a five at this point than a three. He's really a four. I'm not saying he's a five. He's really a four. I'm just saying I don't think you want him chasing threes much this season. I think that's part of why we've seen Rui Hachimura bring his weight down so that he can be a bit more of a, a perimeter pest out there at the three. That's what I'm expecting to see this season. But LeBron probably needs to be off the floor in order for Christian Wood to get on there with AD because otherwise you're asking LeBron to chase threes. Again, wouldn't surprise me if we see it in certain matchups. Wouldn't surprise me if we see it in limited doses. LeBron, Christian Wood, Anthony Davis all on the floor together. I just don't think that's going to be the go-to for the Lakers. And I'll go a little more in-depth into the reasoning behind that next week when I start getting into um, the positional battles heading into training camp. I've got a really fun drop for that. I can't wait to unveil that one. But nonetheless, I think Christian Wood and Anthony Davis together, now that Wood is dropping these tidbits about how he's been watching Anthony Davis's game for so long and how he feels like he knows all of his moves, I do wonder what the chemistry is going to look like out there between those two. Can they get maybe 10 minutes a night together on the floor where it's not Christian Wood in in place of AD. By the way, I think a Wood and LeBron pairing is really interesting as well with the pick and pop ability of Christian Wood. But if you're able to put him on the floor with Anthony Davis, I don't think they're going to be ships passing in the night this season or, or just a tag team at the center position. No, I think that there's going to be some opportunities for the two to play next to each other. And again, what I don't want to see happen is what we had happen last year where we said, oh, the Lakers got Thomas Bryant. Great. He's a three-point shooting big. Let's see what that looks like next to AD. And then we didn't get to see a ton of it, right? When Thomas Bryant really got going for a stretch last season, Anthony Davis was out. Maybe it's not coincidental there. But And then the win got Mobamba. We said, yes, okay, finally. A, a real big, a seven-footer that can protect the rim. Put him in there with AD because he can shoot the three-two. Never saw it. Didn't get to see Mobamba and Anthony Davis together. So, I'll tell you what, I will be very frustrated if we don't get to see Christian Wood and Anthony Davis together. I believe we will. I think the Lakers, Anthony Davis made it very clear to them, I don't want to play the center position full time. I don't think that's in the best interest of Anthony Davis. I don't think it's in the best interest of the club either because of the physical toll playing the center position and being the only big, having to be the key rebounder, be the sole rim protector, all those sorts of things the toll that puts on Anthony Davis. They heard the message. They went and got Jackson Hayes. We'll see what he can do minutes-wise. They also went and got Christian Wood. And I think this season, given that Anthony Davis has kind of been the squeaky wheel, I, I think we are going to see AD with another big out there on the floor. And I think that big is going to be Christian Wood, despite some of the stuff we talked about in July about maybe Jackson Hayes gets those minutes. Christian Wood's in town. I think his skill set fits a bit better, but interesting stuff from Woods 
uh, introductory presser and pretty exciting, pretty exciting. If he is kind of a, an Anthony Davis scholar and he already understands Anthony Davis's game to that level, really curious to see how those two mesh together. All right. I want to talk a bit about weaknesses, Lakers weaknesses on the season. And right now, right now is the time for optimism right now. Every team in the NBA has the exact same record right now. Every team is excited to go to training camp, right? Everybody's going to be bringing their jerseys. They're going to have their fresh haircuts. They're going to be smiling bright for the cameras. It's the first day of school in the NBA, more or less. When we get to media day, starting up in about a week and a half. And so there's, there's optimism abounds, right? When you're in this time of year. And it's really easy to get caught up in that. And I do it too. I do too, because I want to be optimistic about this team. I want to think every player is going to hit their ceiling, right? It's a reason why on over-unders, when you look at the betting world, why a lot of people bet overs. Why? Because we want to believe great things are going to happen, right? We want to believe that there's going to be uh, an outcome that's a that's a positive. You bet the under on something, and it feels like you're betting a negative, unless you're rooting against the team that you're that you're betting against. But when you're looking at over-unders and you think, oh, man, could you know, can Debo Samuel, could he – uh, could he go for 60 yards? Could he go for 80 yards? How many touchdowns? Is Chris McCaffrey going to get two touchdowns? Sorry, we just had the, the 49ers and uh, Giants game. People tend to bet the overs on stuff. Why? Because we look at things through a, more of a positive light. And it's the same thing when we're looking at players, right? We think about, hey, Christian Wood, that's going to fit great. He's going to work out fantastic with Anthony Davis. Rui Hachimura, the shooting. It's what we saw with the Lakers last year in the regular season. That's the outlier. That's the outlier. No, he's going to be a good three-point shooter this season for the Lakers. Vando, his three-point shooting, the corner three, those are going to start dropping all the little things, all the question marks. We picture them coming out on the Lakers' side. Why? Because we want to be optimistic. And I think part of what's fueling this optimism, too, is the fact that the Lakers legitimately had a good offseason. But nonetheless, we also have to be realistic. We have to think about some of the weaknesses of this team. These are not insurmountable hurdles every team has weaknesses every team has issues that they are going to have to overcome to steal a phrase from the terror terrible yet great uh nfl movie draft day kevin costner's character is talking about about how all the great quarterbacks had that one thing that one flaw that one defect and the question is does it matter so what are the issues for this Lakers team and will they matter? Now, we won't get the answer to the second part of that question until we get into the season. But what are the Lakers' weaknesses on paper? Because sometimes things don't play out the way we expect them to. But on paper, what are their, their weaknesses? So I've got three main weaknesses that I want to get into here. Um, first one, big bodies. Big body, you know, As I mentioned, this Lakers team, they've got... I think a really, really deep team that they've put together. I think they've learned the lessons of the big three model with Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis and how weak that made the team in so many other areas, particularly their depth. And they've learned that lesson. It was a painful lesson, but they learned it. And I think they've built a really deep roster with a lot of guys that can contribute on this team. And the one area that I look at and I say, well... Are they really that deep here? Ironically, it's the bigs. It's the bigs. And that, I say that ironically because they just landed Christian Wood. And we've been talking about how excited we are 
to see Christian Wood in purple and gold. And, and rightfully so, right? I think he is going to be a good fit. But the one thing that he isn't, it's a big body. It's not a big dude, right? You look at Christian Wood right now. He is listed. Now, some people will say he's 6'10", but he's listed at 6'9", 214. 6'9", 214. Go over to Jackson Hayes. Seven foot, 220. Okay? That's a bit bigger there. Anthony Davis, 6'10", 253. Anthony Davis is still the biggest player on this team. Despite the Lakers' efforts to go out there and add depth at every position, what they don't have is a lot of big bodies, right? Now, again, Jackson Hayes, seven feet tall. He can be a factor there, right? But going up against a, heck, even a Yusuf Nurkic, but a Jonas Valanciunas, Joel Embiid, right? Nikola Jokic, all of these guys, the Lakers don't have a lot of big bodies to throw at them. And so that's going to put pressure on Anthony Davis. One area that I don't think they checked the box is finding big, strong, physical centers to play behind AD. Jackson Hayes is a pogo stick. He's got springs in his legs. Go flying through the uh, the LA night at any particular time. But he's not a big, physical, physically strong player. He's athletic as hell. He's quick. He can defend a bit on the perimeter. Christian Wood is a very diverse offensive skill set. He's got that great length. But he's 214 pounds. 214 I've talked about this in the past, but Wenyan Gabriel weighed in at 205 pounds last year. And we talk about how undersized Wenyan was. Christian Wood only has 10 pounds on Wenyan Gabriel. So one of the areas of concern for the Lakers, it's their lack of big bodies. And I know Lakers fans, when you're hearing about Dwight Howard talking with the Golden State Warriors, we say, well, what? why not go get Dwight with the 15th roster spot? I don't think the Lakers are going to use their 15th roster spot. I don't think there's a big out there that necessarily is going to get minutes in lieu of, say, Bismack Biombo saying, hey, I don't care about my minutes. I don't care about playing behind Christian Wood and AD and just going in for certain opportunities. I don't care about any. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hey, if he wants to do that, more power to him. I don't anticipate that. Otherwise, there's not really a traditional big out there that I think makes the Lakers. Dwight, again, I, I don't see him getting minutes over the guys that are on the Lakers right now, but I still could see the need for a big physical body. And in that sense, Dwight would at least check that box. But again, don't think the Lakers are using their 15th roster spot. So when I look at this roster build, as excited as I am for it, and I believe it was a very good summer, one of the issues that they have is they don't have a lot of bigs who are physically strong. Now, one thing that can mitigate that, though, is I think they have positional size pretty much everywhere else. You know, Rui Hachimura is 6'8 with a 7'3 wingspan. LeBron is 6'9, and he's a tank. You've got uh, Torian Prince is, what, 6'7", 6'8". You've got uh, Cam Reddish coming in, who's also got good size. They've got good size on the wings. Jared Vanderbilt may have grown an inch or two over the summer. We'll see. We'll find out. Maybe he can... uh, enlighten us a little bit on media day uh, but then at the other position the guards you know austin is six five delo is six four right uh gabe vincent's like six two six three so not huge but then you've got jaylen hoots is six five six six so you've got pretty good size across the board at the other positions and that can help mitigate some of the the rebounding concerns and things like that but the lakers just flat out don't have a lot of big bodies at the center position that's going to be something to keep an eye on again as good as the Christian Wood signing was, and you absolutely do it. You have to at that price tag, and there's no question he's the best player that was on the market. I think he's going to be a good fit. Just one thing that he doesn't do: he doesn't check the box of being another true big physical player to put out there on the floor. All right, another area that I'm a bit concerned about with this Lakers team, another potential weakness: it's guard defense. You know, Dennis Schroeder is now a Toronto Raptor, and he was one of the better perimeter defenders for the Lakers this past season. His quickness, his peskiness, yes, he's not big, but those were important traits that he had, and you didn't really replace that skill set. Now, you got you got Gabe Vincent, who I think was a pretty solid bargain, assuming that his jumper continues to hold up, but Gabe Vincent, while he's feisty, he's going to put in the effort on the defensive end. He's not Dennis Schroeder on that end of the floor. So... That means we're looking at a starting backcourt. Most likely, again, I will get into the positional battles next week, but most likely we're looking at a backcourt of D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. Look, we saw it in FIBA. We saw it last year. Teams will go at Austin. Now, in terms of the advanced metrics, how many points per possession are you really generating by going at Austin Reeves? It's not great. It's not great. But teams will continue to do it regardless And if they can get him into foul trouble, if they can wear down Austin to some degree, even if it's just average attacking Austin, and look, we see him get attacked over and over, and people go, oh, no, he's not a good defender. He's a better defender, I think, than people believe he is. They just see him get attacked possession after possession. I think the Lakers will do things to make it so he's not getting attacked by guys who are 
a foot taller than him. Well, not really a foot, but six inches, seven inches taller than him or not winding up putting him on onto quick guards. But therein lies the challenge. D'Angelo Russell is not a defense first guard. He's not known as a defensive player, despite the fact that he's got an impressive wingspan. He's 6'4", the 6'10 wingspan. A lot of people don't realize, but uh, D'Angelo Russell, not a good defensive player. I love their fit offensively, but there's potentially an issue there, right? If Austin is an average defender, probably below average, if you're asking him to defend the ultra quick point guards on the opposing team, but he's Average to average to good when he's defending true twos and even threes. But who's defending those ultra quick point guards then, if not Austin? Is Jared Vanderbilt starting? Because all we're hearing is that it's probably going to be Rui. Now we'll see how training camp plays out. I think you can make an argument for Rui Hachimura as well for him to be the starter. So who's defending those super quick point guards? Well, it's probably going to be Austin Reeves. And again, the advanced metrics tell you that's not his best defensive position defending the ultra quick point guards that's asking him to do something that's a little bit outside of his wheel it's like if you're asking him to defend fours all game that's not idea you wouldn't expect to get great results there either so asking austin to defend ones is is a bit much is a bit much so what the lakers do defensively in their backcourt is going to be really interesting again offensively i love 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 the versatility austin delo both of them supremely comfortable playing either on ball or off ball, right? Both of them can spot up, shoot the three. Well, both of them can attack as a secondary creator. Both of them can act as a primary creator, as an initiator for the offense. So having that kind of interchangeability on the offensive end, I think it's fantastic. And we saw last year how well those two can really work together on the offensive end. The question is going to be defensively at the guard position. And this begs the question, what can Max Christie do for the Lakers because on paper and maybe this isn't fair but right now Max Christie may be the best defensive guard on the roster I think he has the best defensive upside the most defensive upside of any guard on the Lakers roster he's physically strong he's put on muscle um he is the kind of shooter that you want to see at least that's what the in a small sample size the stats look really good for him as a three-point shooter so Max Christie's skill set could be a very, very important piece to this Lakers backcourt. The questions, of course, are twofold. Number one, is he ready for that at 20 years old? He didn't play much last season, played 42 minutes or played 42 games, didn't play a lot besides garbage time. Is he ready for a bigger role? Is he ready for 15 minutes a night plus maybe? off the Lakers bench. I mean, based on the moves the Lakers have made and the fact that Lonnie Walker, see you later, he's going to take a better minimum somewhere else. Malik Beasley, see you later, he's going to take a, a better minimum somewhere else. The Lakers could have offered better minimums to those players. Now, maybe they just wanted to go to Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee respectively, but the Lakers could have offered better minimums to those guys didn't. Clearly, they believe in Max Christie, but if the defensive capabilities of the Lakers' backcourt is a concern, how important is Max Christie at just 20 years old to this team? And then where do those minutes come from? Where do the minutes come from? You're paying Gabe Vincent $11 million per year. Is he taking those minutes? Is D'Lo going to see his minutes decreased in essentially a contract year? It, could that be an issue with D'Angelo Russell? Right, He has a player option this next summer. Is that something to keep an eye on? So again, number one, can Max Christie be that guy for you? Can he be on a team that clearly needs 
a perimeter guard defensive stopper that needs a Danny Green, that needs an Avery Bradley, that needs a Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I'm not saying that Max Christie is going to be the equivalent of any of those guys at 20 years old. We'll have to see. I like his upside. I like his potential. But it's pretty clear the Lakers need what his skill set in particular could potentially bring to this team. I'm not expecting JHS to play a lot. He's got good defensive upside as well. But his first year in the NBA, I think the Lakers are going to lean more heavily on Max Christie. And we'll see. That guard defense is going to be a big question mark and potentially a weakness for the Lakers. If they figure out that they have to spend most of the minutes being eaten up by Austin Reeves, by D'Lo, if these guys are both playing north of 30 minutes, like 30 minutes, 35 minutes a night, and then Gabe Vincent is picking up whatever's left over, that's not, you don't have necessarily a plus defensive player, particularly against the quicker guards in that bunch. Again, Gabe Vincent will fight, he will scrap, not quite the defensive player that say even a Dennis Schroeder was. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. All right. My last thing, and there's plenty of other things to keep an eye on for the Lakers for sure. But my last big topic here, it's the three-point shooting. And this is, I know, I roll, right? Lakers Nation, because we've been talking about this for years. The Lakers, for whatever reason, they get a guy who's known as a three-point shooter. This, this is it. This guy's the sniper they've needed. He comes in, his three-point percentage drops by 5%, if not more, right? We saw it with Malik Beasley, who was great in garbage time when the game didn't matter, but in big moments, wasn't knocking down the threes that we were hoping to see. Now, again, this does not hold true for everyone. D'Angelo Russell shot better than 40% from three for the Lakers last season. Uh, Lonnie Walker, who was not a good three-point shooter with the Spurs, shot 37 38% from three with the Lakers. So it just feels like every player's three-point percentage drops because the negatives stick out to us. Those are the things we remember because we're expecting, remember we're going in optimistic about all these players, but we're also expecting those things. So when it happens, it doesn't stand out to us in our memory quite, quite as much, right? Because that's what we were anticipating coming in on the flip side. When something goes wrong, Oh my gosh, this is awful. Think back to the, um, I believe it was the 2019, 2020 season, Frank Vogel's first season with the Lakers when KCP, do you remember the slump he started the season in when he, I mean, he was literally missing layups. Oh, and fans were so upset with KCP. Eventually, he worked his way out of that slump, but because that wasn't the expect, the expectation was that KCP is a sniper. This guy can shoot. Couldn't hit anything to start the season, and people were losing it. So that factor is at play here, where we remember, we remember the Reggie Bullocks who see their three point percentage decline a bunch as Lakers for no apparent reason other than. They're wearing the golden armor, but nonetheless, the Lakers three-point shooting, it is still a concern. Christian Wood, he helps you out there. Austin, if he can shoot again like 40% from three like last season, great. If D'Lo can as well, great. That goes a long way towards mitigating things. But a big part of the question here, when I put three-point shooting on here, I should just put in parentheses LeBron. LeBron James, what is he going to do from three? You know, like I said, we remember the negatives about things because people last season were all over LeBron for shooting too many step back threes for shooting too many shot too many threes. That was people were so upset with LeBron. Guess what? He actually cut down his three point attempts last season compared to the season before chopped off one three point attempt per game. Now played a minute and a half less per game, but still still eight threes per game in the 21, 22 NBA season. Now, Part of that, maybe that season was so miserable that we just figured, well, 
We'd rather have LeBron gunning for threes than anybody else on this team trying to do stuff. Maybe that was part of it. Could be that a lot of people weren't watching at that point of the season, but LeBron, eight threes per game. Uh, last season, 6.9 threes per game. Nice, right? Not so bad. 6.9 threes per game for LeBron. The problem is in when he shot eight per game in 21-22, 36% from three. Great. Last season, 32% from three. Not so great. That's a big difference in the NBA world. So when you're LeBron and you're shooting that many threes, you're shooting that high of a volume of three, three-point attempts, that's going to drag down your team's three-point percentage. And so that's something that we have to keep an eye on here. It's not just, it is the Lakers, right? Anthony Davis is part of this too, right? AD, remember in the 2019-2020 championship season, AD was a 33% three-point shooter. Since then, he hasn't come anywhere close. 26% the season after. Good Lord, 19%. The misery of a season in 21-22. Last season, 26%. I'm rounding up to get there. Hasn't been the three-point shooter that he was uh, a few seasons ago. So all of this adds up to the Lakers being at a deficit when it comes to their three-point shooting. And let's face it, the, the NBA, we see a lot of three-point shots. In fact, that's one of the criticism of fans that it's all threes and layups now, right? Uh, a lot of similar offensive sets from teams, and it's all to generate threes and layups uh, because that's efficiency, that's analytics. But nonetheless, Anthony Davis, his ability to shoot the three, LeBron, his ability to shoot the three, these matter. LeBron's mattering a lot more because the volume, Anthony Davis only took 1.3 threes per game last season. So that's not... it's. He's only taken one per game and he's shooting 26%. Okay, not the worst thing. It doesn't help you with your spacing, but it's not hurting you a lot. LeBron, 32% on seven or eight attempts a game. That's a lot. Can he get back to his career average? Can he get back to 35%? If he can do that, that will prevent the Lakers from being one of the, the bottom tier teams in terms of three-point percentage. I'm not expecting them to take a high volume of threes. But I do think what we need to see out of this team this season is more three-point attempts being funneled to specific players, to Austin, to D'Lo. Um, Gabe Vincent, even, only shot 33% from three himself last season during the regular season. Picked that up big time during the playoffs. What's real? Can he shoot 36 37% from three? Or is he really a 33% three-point shooter that's not going to help you out a ton from behind the arc? And then Rui, that's a big question mark too. Shot great. Again, he's the all-time leading three-point percentage shooter in NBA playoff history. All time, regular season for the Lakers shot like 29% from three. So what's real? Can he start to knock them down during the regular season? Jared Vanderbilt, can he get to that respectable 35% on the corner threes, or is he going to struggle again? All of these things are going to matter for the Lakers this season with the three-point percentage. The best thing that we can say, and this is about as optimistic as we can get, is that the three-point percentage for this team, it's a question mark. This could fall either way. If we see guys like Rui, like Vando, like LeBron take steps forward there while D'Lo, while Austin, while Christian Wood all maintain their current quality from behind the arc, Lakers are going to be just fine. Lakers will be just fine. However, if we find out that LeBron's 32% is just what he is now, that Rui is a 30-ish percent regular season three-point shooter, that uh, Gabe Vincent is a 33% three-point shooter. That uh, AD is 26% at best 
if that's the world that we're living in, then three-point shooting and overall floor space is going to be a concern. Now, another guy that I need to mention, Torian Prince, 44% or better on corner threes for three straight seasons. We're going to find out if that Lakers curse from behind the arc is real because this dude can light it up on corner threes. That could also go a long way towards mitigating their three-point percentage. But again, still a lot of question marks out there. And which side of the fence they fall on is going to go a long way towards determining how big of an issue the three-point shooting is for the Lakers. Again, not expecting them to be a high-volume three-point shooting team. But if they are a low-volume and low-percentage team, well, then you've got to make up ground in other areas. That means you have to dominate at the rim. You have to be great defensively. You have to crash the offensive glass because teams who are high volume and high percentage three-point shooters are going to have a big advantage over these Los Angeles Lakers. So again, not expecting high volume. What we need is at least a respectable percentage from behind the arc. Think 35 plus percent as a team on average to get to where, where we really need the Lakers to be. We'll see if they can do that, but that's a big question mark, potentially a weakness as well. Lakers Nation, thank you guys so much for joining me in for this show. Again, make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. Follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you guys want to find me, go find me on X at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram, threads, and Facebook at Trevor Lane NBA. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Happy Friday. Till next time. See you. And stay safe.